Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the MN Marvel Mania podcast. My name is Mike. My name is Nick. And today we are reviewing the most un, or better yet, the most forgettable movie ever. You think it's a forgettable movie? Oh, I do. Uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. This movie is just there. It's good. It's, it's funny. It, it does. It, it, it's it, it, it's forgettable. Are you saying just because it blocks Infinity War just blocks out every movie well, from think, that? I think the timing of it does kind of take away from it. You know, had this come out before Infinity War, I might be less inclined to say that. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Look. When I, whenever this movie's on TV or I come across it on Disney Plus, it's like, yeah, you know, I'll give it a watch. But like, it's never, it's never something I'm like actively like, searching oh, I, to watch. I, like, I watch. really want to watch right. Ant Man the Wasp. Right. That's you know, like, like that's kind of the feeling I get with a lot of other movies. And Ant Man the Wasp, it's good. I think if you want like a really like, like, say you're having a bad day. I think this is the movie to kind of cheer you up. No, it's a funny movie. It's a funny I mean, movie. I mean, Paul Rudd in any movie is going to make it funny. But then you got Michael Pena as Luis. And then you got all the antics that go on with Baba Yaga. Oh, man. And uh, Jimmy Woo makes his MCU debut here. So, you know, it, it, there's no shortage of comedy here. And I respect that, at the very least, that this movie, you know, it's if this movie wasn't a comedic film, I get the feeling that a lot of people probably wouldn't have liked it because you're coming off such a downer with Infinity War that I feel like they had to come out, you know, really lighten the tone a bit. Yeah, I mean, I guess it was kind of a filler story, too, because they had to explain the quantum realm and everything, like how they were going to do time travel and things like well, that. Well, yeah, it does serve its purpose for Avengers Endgame as well. Yeah, because it sets up Scott Lang for that movie. Well, that's the post credit scene. The post credit right. scene sets up everything. And for a comedy, you know, <laughs> all funny movie, you know, the end credit scene's a pretty big downer. So <laughs> it, No, it is. It is. And the second one's not even that crazy either. It's like pretty much the same thing. Yeah, no, the end credit scenes. I mean, we, we're, we're going to start in reverse, I guess. Yeah. yeah it, you know, because the, the end credit scene is the most notable thing about this movie. Yeah, it's the only thing that really sticks out to the other you know, the other two Avengers you know, movies. And the end credit scene for this movie. So if you're by chance listening to this to hear the movie in order, I mean, we're <laughs> starting with the end credit scene. The end credit scene here. So the movie has ended. Um, and we got the Wasp back. The original Wasp, Janet original, Van Dyne. Yes. Saved her from the quantum realm. And now her, uh, Wasp, Hope, and Hank are sending Scott in to get Quantum healing particles. <laughs> what do you make it? Hard, harbulary battery. Harbulary battery. It's, it's fucking mystical. What uh, the fuck is a quantum healing particle? It's but to, to heal Ghost, who was the villain of the movie. And it's kind of funny. Because the whole movie were laughing. But I knew when the end credit scene came up. What was about to happen? Yeah, no, nah, they were they were gonna get snapped. Nah, and you lose the entire Pim Van Dyne family, and only Scott survives. And he's pretty much stuck in the quantum realm for like what felt like five minutes, which was really five years. Well, no, he said it for me it was five hours. Was it five hours? Five hours. Okay. So, but but all right, let's get back to the regular movie here. All the right. the more important topic i mean well the more important topic if we're talking importance again the end <laughs> credit scene is all that matters yeah no it is, you it know, is because the movie in and of itself what does it do okay we get we get janet 
get, we get Bill Foster. Okay, you're talking real bit characters there. But We're, Janet and Jimmy Woo, that's about it. New introduced <laughs> characters that matter. No, but, but Bill Foster was new. Yeah, but that matter. Oh, jeez. Oh, not to, not to knock Warren Fishburne because you know he's, I like I like him in this movie. He's awesome. But come on. <laughs> I mean that, and I I don't know Sonny Birch. I do like Sonny Birch, uh, played by Walton Goggins. I think that's the name. If it's not, then whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like with with Sonny Birch, we kind of are going to get introduced to other things. Like people were saying that he could relate to like Spider Man, where he's like trying to. What was he? He was trying to like buy these things for her, like his boss or something. He's, a, like he's that? a wannabe arms dealer. I mean, I think I think again, this is someone who just wants to be like Tony Stark. Maybe you know, kind of get that vibe, or Justin Hammer even. He, he's he's more like a Justin. He Hammer. is more well, he's more like a Justin Hammer because he's fucking incompetent. Yeah, you know, what I mean, like that's kind of the the whole thing with Birch. It's like Birch is trying all movie to try and get his hands on quantum technology, <laughs> and he can't. And and, and 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 that's because i mean i mean look the whole theme of the movie again is that basically everything that happens in this movie is a fucking joke it's a setup yeah okay and it's fucking hysterical the fact that he just keeps getting like fucking beat to the point every single time it is really funny with what they do with it and then the truth serum with uzman that's and everything. my that's the that's like my favorite scene probably is the truth serum that and scott lang's card tricks yeah well, I, let's start there. So we start with Scott Lang, you know, in he, quarantine, I was he, about to say, in, 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 on house arrest. It's a form I, of quarantine, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm so used to saying quarantine because of the last two years. Yeah. So he's on house arrest from his actions in Captain America Civil War. Yes. And Jimmy Woo is his, uh, I guess you could say his officer. And he's basically he's very like close to Like a parole officer, yeah, I guess. He's, well, yeah. He's basically very close to being done. And his, his leg slides out of the, the property for one second. The alarm goes off. All of a sudden, the FBI is showing up, touring everything up. It's like, why would I decide to leave once my sentence is over in, like, what, two days? Yeah, it was two days, yeah. Like, come on. So, why would why? and then we get the whole introduction. We get to see Scott doing the close-up magic. He's, like, pulling out cards. And <laughs> How'd you do that? <laughs> Jimmy, how, how'd you do it, Scott? What? The card trick. The card trick. And the, the, the funny thing about it is that we just – it's it's – Look again, it's a joke, but this is 2018. 2021, WandaVision, Jimmy Woo, close up magic. Character development is I just love the little things like that. I love. It's great. It's it's such a nice little touch, even with a minor character. Because you and, notice it. And, and that's the thing with Marvel. And this movie, I think, is kind of like an uh, a, a real good showing of it. Yeah. Marvel has these minor characters that steal scenes and get beloved. Yes. Every movie has that minor character that steals scenes, and then their role grows thereafter. It's true. You know, in the first Ant-Man, Luis stole every scene. Guess what? He's in more of this movie. Yeah. You know, now you got Jimmy Woo stealing scenes in this movie. All of a sudden, guess what? He's in WandaVision, and he's a pretty big part of WandaVision. Yeah, he is a pretty big part. You know? There's examples all over the place. You got Ned in Homecoming stealing every scene, and next thing you know, he's in all far from home, pretty much, and all of no way home. So, would you say you would have what's called uh, what's his name from Eternals? Oh, the guy King Kingo's assistant, Karun Patel. Karun Patel. Do you think he would be a bigger part in the next Eternals? If there's another Eternals movie, yeah, it's, I mean, he'll definitely be in it. I don't know if he'll have a bigger part because he was. Remember, uh, that's actually kind of different because he was in the movie like 30 minutes. 
Yeah. You know, like here we're talking about guys like, you know, like uh, Luis, who was in the first Ant-Man like 10 minutes, you know, yeah. and now and now you're talking like, you know, I think it's a little bit different. But I do see what you're saying. He yeah. does kind of fit that role. Okay. You know, so Scott's like, why would I leave? So my dude, he's just chilling. We get the montage. He's reading The Fault in Our Stars. He's crying. Uh, I forgot about that. And then he's sleeping in the bath nonetheless i don't you see he, he was he was sleeping in the bath and what happened was uh he had this vision or this basically a dream, it was like a connection between uh janet and him in the quantum realm since he's been in the quantum realm before and he sees i think he sees we see janet. her face we see her we face see in her, the mask. she's she's playing with uh She's playing with hope, actually. Yeah, it's it's from the it's from the opening scene, I think, if I'm not mistaken, where there where Hank is explaining everything about the night when uh, they had to leave and then Janet didn't come back. Yeah, and it's like how they used to play hide and seek and everything. Yeah, so the whole reason why Scott basically saw these this dream or this vision of some sort is because at that moment, uh, what was it? Hank and Hope basically opened up the quantum realm, and there was like a connection like that linked it to like Scott and Janet. And that's where that vision came in or that uh, dream. I don't know. Is it dream vision? Yeah, no, no, whatever it is. And it, it basically, it's the whole impetus for the plot to happen because Scott hadn't spoken to them in a couple of years because they were pissed at him because somehow they're in trouble because their technology was used at the Sokovia air Corps. It was, I, I may only be in law school, <laughs> but that's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> I think it was just cause like, they lost like the trust with him because like, think about it. Well, basically hope was like, you know, if you were with me, you would have never got caught. And it would, this like what the situation would have never happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, understandable. Well, listen, cap needed help cap. <laughs> yeah. Well, and again, that's another joke that gets paid off down the line in Endgame. We're on a cap. You see Captain America, little, little things like that, you know, and, but, but yeah, so no, they have this connection. He calls them up. Listen, uh, you know, for some reason I had a vision. It was of Janet. Like, listen, I know you guys are mad at me. Like, please, you know, call me back. All of a sudden he knocks out. Well, I think actually an ant. No, no, no. An ant they use him. an ant to they shoot an him ant with something him. and he knocks out. He wakes up in Hope's car, ankle brace off. And <laughs> there's an ant mimicking his daily routine, which kind of tells me they were spying on him beforehand. I think the whole time they were. You know, and so I it. guess they had ants implanted at uh, Scott's house just watching his daily routine. Yeah, this is how what's called. You know, and it's kind of interesting to see that because all this time that they haven't been speaking, it's like, oh, Hank and Hope are so freaking paranoid that we're still going to do it anyway. Yeah, but like they didn't like they didn't like know his routine off that day because like once they saw that uh that Hank was like looking over Scott the whole time and being like, oh, the uh <laughs> this is your like daily routine this is what you do i mean listen with this movie it's it's like you said with all the jokes it's hilarious it is but yeah so basically the whole time he's like this is this is your this is what you do he does origami too <laughs> i mean look if, i mean look i think we all can relate now on a fundamental level to what scott lang was going through pretty much i think every single person now can relate to that because remember for two years, much of the world was locked up just like him. Yeah. Although we weren't on house arrest, we, we were, were, you know, we, we were in we quarantine, were quarantined. you know. But now, I can relate to Scott Lang's troubles. His his uh, feelings of, like, angst wanting to get the hell out of his house, you know. Yeah, no. I can relate to it. And actually, so this takes us here 
So he sees Hank, and this is probably one of my favorite jokes in the movie. And they're explaining to him how, you know, when they opened the door to the quantum realm, the, you know, she must have implanted a message in his head and yeah. it connected to him when the door to the quantum realm was briefly opened. And she's like, we think when you were down there, you may have intertangled with her or something. Oh, Hank, I would never. I respect you too much. (laughs) So from here, they're like, okay, you know, we're going to go get the final component. And here's where we meet Sonny Birch. Sonny Birch and the ghost. Yes. So as they take off and they can shrink the lab, which is also pretty cool. I thought that was pretty cool. That was really cool, too. So they shrink the lab. And all of a sudden... Ghost is right there watching them as they drive away. Pretty, you know, you know, good, good, good little tease. Little, little tease, yeah. Little tease, and then we sit down. We got the whole conversation with Sonny, and it's just like the way Hope is talking. Like he's like, "I'm not going to give you the component because I know who you really are, and uh, but I'm afraid your money is going to have to remain." <laughs> you take it away. You know, call it a compensation for my for my hurt feelings. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, he's just being a little bitch about it. <laughs> yeah. So and then... she comes back in. Yeah, and then we get the intro, uh, introduction of, of Ghost. Yeah. All of a sudden, this random figure comes out of nowhere, starts kicking ass. Yeah. And, and then <laughs> Hank, Hank's like, he sends Scott in in an Ant-Man suit. Yeah, it was in, it's a, like a brand new one. Like, like it's a prototype. Because the other one, oh, I destroyed it. You destroyed my life's work? You destroyed my suit? Please tell me you got rid of it. Yes, I did. I got rid of it. You got, you destroyed my suit? (laughs) You're supposed to not take my suit. (laughs) I like how they they flip it around too, like around like the end. Wait, you mailed my suit through the mail? You sent my suit through the mail? (laughs) (laughs) Hank, it was your life's work. (laughs) I couldn't just destroy it. <laughs> oh my god! You see, that's that's the real bright spot of this movie, man. They just they crack it up with everything. I like how they he puts the suit in the uh the best grandma trophy mm-hmm. for, that Cassie gives him. Or the world, yeah, it was world's best grandma. Yeah, world's greatest grandma. World's yeah. greatest grandma. So from there, we get to meet the mysterious Bill Foster, the former Shield employee and now enemy of Hank Pym. And I gotta say. I actually really do like that they bring him in as a former S.H.I.E.L.D. employee because S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't get much mention beyond Phase 2 with the Winter Soldier. After everything kind of collapses with S.H.I.E.L.D., there isn't much discussion of what happens to these other guys who are left in the wake. I mean, yeah, I think it's good to have S.H.I.E.L.D. involved in other characters because it brings them in. Um, probably the the best part of that scene, I even like like we said before, this movie's literally a comedic roller coaster, okay? Yeah. Probably the best part of it was when they were comparing fucking sizes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> How tall did you get? 75 feet. I think. It? Yeah, it was like 75 yeah. feet, and he was like, I think he made like, I don't know, 15 feet. I don't know what he got. He's like, wow, that's huge. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, are you, are you boys done comparing sizes? Yeah. But he is not just like in one role here. We come to find and move to the next scene where they track down the lab at Ghost's house using Scott's Ant-Man suit. Which he never threw away, and as we said earlier, you threw my suit in the mail. <laughs> well, I, I couldn't. It was your life's work, Hank. Yeah, he was discussing it before, you know. And we find out that he was—he's the one actually helping Ghost, you know. And we find this whole backstory with 
her name is Ava, right? Ava Star. Yeah, and we find out the whole backstory with her father and how he was trying to was he also trying to make a quantum tunnel? His father was trying to do something her father was trying to do something very similar. Now here's my one question, and I think they said it, but I forget. He was shield, right? He was he, I think he was a yeah, I think he was, was he shield or was he independent and then shield came to her when they found out that she had some weird power. I think he got kicked out of shield. I think the oh, same way she got kicked. He got didn't was it Hank? Yeah, it was Hank. Hank's the one that told because Hank and Foster were I think were working together at some point, and then Hank I think stole his research. I'm not sure. Well, well, wasn't Hank the one who kicked Ava's father out of Shield? I think so. Right, and then that's the reason he kept doing his experiments, and that's yeah. the what. And he was didn't wasn't safe with it. He was trying to do something on his own that he should have had a team to do. I believe that's what it was. And then that's where ended up getting him got the mom killed, and Ava ends up living. Yeah, with albeit with now the ability to phase like vision, pretty much. Yeah, her abilities are based on based off the quantum realm. I don't know exactly why, but she like <laughs> like her molecules phase and can, stuff. Can I just say we've had three movies in the quantum realm now: Ant Man one, Ant Man two, and Endgame. I still don't know how the fucking thing works. It's it's very it's very just like oh you know uh, for me it was five minutes or five hours and then that's it they gloss over. It. It's kind of confusing because you have like. I feel like I want to say Doctor Strange multiverse is gonna maybe solve, like nah, because you see I don't think they're gonna have time number one, but number two, Quantum Mania is the name of the third Ant Man movie. Okay, so maybe we'll get more of an insight into that. That's what my hope is that we finally learn <laughs> hope hope <laughs> <laughs> that we finally learn like where the quantum realm is. I mean, where it is, it's microscopic, but like how it works. How did Janet survive thirty years down there? Yeah. You know, what are these healing particles that they're looking for at the end of the film? What was that city in the background, which we all think they have something to do with Kang? Yeah, that's what that was a theory. But it is it is an interesting subject to talk about. I mean, listen, we could talk about that in another episode if you want. But yeah, so the quantum realm uh, gets introduced, I guess, fully for the first time. Yeah, no, the first movie they barely mentioned. For, yeah. And it's like Janet got lost in the quantum realm and Scott went to the quantum realm and came back and that's it. Yeah, pretty much. Now here, we got another funny scene where Ava and Bill are interrogating Hank, Scott, and Hope and then Scott's phone starts ringing. <laughs> and, and, it's, and it's Cassie. And it's Cassie and we have this whole conversation where he's being held hostage but he's talking to her. It's like, oh, it could be an emergency. She said 911. <laughs> and she's like, I think I couldn't find my rollerblades. Yeah, no, she couldn't find she couldn't find her, her soccer shoes. Her soccer shoes is what it was. It's like, oh my God, that's what was so important. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then eventually, obviously, Hank fakes a heart attack. Yeah, really smart move. I mean, look, you're an old guy, you know. I'm older. Sorry, Michael Douglas. You're an older guy. Older. You know, fit. Fake the heart attack. The and you know Bill Foster, look very smart guy. I guess doesn't know Hank's uh, faking it. You know, opens the can of Altoids, which Scott wanted to get into earlier. <laughs> Don't open those. <laughs> no. And, and there are a bunch of go. ants. The inside. ants break out, break everybody out. They escape with the lab, and boom, boom, ba. That is the end of the scene. I find that so interesting. How like they're able to like fit like the ants in there, and they're all of a sudden just explode. I guess like there was those little flying discs that were in there that like made them turn big. Okay, so here it is. I just looked this up quickly. Ava's father, Elias Starr, otherwise known as Egghead in the comics, uh, was yeah. a, was one of Hank Pym's former partners who died along with his wife during an experiment that caused the unstable state that Ava is now in. And obviously Ava's dying and is in constant pain as a result of her. Yes. So 
now we get them. They're back in the lab. They're going to open the tunnel, and Scott becomes Janet. <laughs> For a moment, For yeah. Like, um, they open it up, and then Scott is like, Hank. And he's like, Janet? But it's it's Paul Rudd. It's yeah. Scott Lang. <laughs> his, acting, his acting is incredible. And you really, truly believe that he is somebody else in Scott Lang's body. Yeah, you do. <laughs> he's like, my dear Hank. <laughs> he's like, I thought I lost you, you know. Oh my god! And it's like he comes back to being, and basically she's like, "I'm gonna send you the coordinates for where I am in the quantum realm, etc." Yeah, et they were doing everything right. They were just looking in the wrong spot or something yeah. like that. Well, again, the science mumbo jumbo goes over my head all the way out. Okay? I don't, You're I never don't, gonna know. It. Yeah, I know. Look with the, with these Marvel movies, we have basically got to get used to the fact now that they're gonna do their sciency mumbo jumbo, and I'm sure it makes some sense. But we're to. not supposed to understand it. That part is just there to make the story work. Yeah, we have, we just have to understand the story. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Yeah, pretty much. You know, and the quantum realm is uh, one of those unexplained phenomena. Kind of like, uh, you know, whatever other stuff, all the stuff Tony Stark talks about. Or Strange with the, the mister, the mystic arts, all the different things he does. I feel like it's a comparison to like the TVA and the multiverse. TVA and multiverse. I feel, I feel like, like that's what it would exactly. be. Exactly. It's like these things are there and they impact this universe. And understanding how it necessarily works in every little detail isn't as important as, like, the story that it creates. Right, right, right. So, so after that scene, we move over to Luis, and this is probably the funniest scene in the whole movie. You know, <laughs> the interaction between him and Sonny Birch and Ghost and everybody at, uh, what is it, the X-Con, whatever it is. It's like X-Con and, and yeah. something like that. But, yeah, you get Luis, you know, saying, is that true, Sue? No, it's not true, Sue. Yeah. You so, know. Luis and them and Dave and Kurt, they're working on what's good. The Carapetian Project. You keep hearing about it the entire time. Basically, they're pitching something to this big this big uh, business, I suppose. And they call Scott and they're like, can we come by and run this over you? And Scott's at the lab in the middle of the woods hiding out from Ghost. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, I really can't. But he's like, all right, fine. So, we send Luis the address. And just as Luis is about to leave, boom, Sonny Birch walks on in. And he ties them all up, injects them with, with truth serum. serum. Allegedly. And, uh, you know, here we get Luis, and he's like, where is Scott Lang? And he's like, oh, he's in a difficult place, you know, emotionally speaking. Emotionally speaking. <laughs> and then he runs down the whole story of how they first met, like, literally from day one in the jail cell, which is hilarious. Uh, from that point, they're just, like, getting no answers out of Luis whatsoever. But at some point, he's like... Oh, yeah, he's in the woods. <gasps> the and then, woods? And, and then all of a sudden, Ava pops up and says, the woods. Baba Yaga! <laughs> Baba Yaga. <laughs> the funniest thing. I like how they pay what that off. What do you mean, the woods? Uh. <laughs> Luis gives her the exact fucking address of where he is. And boom, he's gone. And then Sonny Birch contacts. He is an inside man mm. at the FBI. Agent Stoltz. Like, hey, you remember his name? Uh, look, I, these are the things I remember. You remember the small characters, like, like they're so important. They are important. Without Agent Stoltz, this whole movie falls <laughs> apart. <laughs> he literally, he got knocked out by Ghost, though, as soon as he got the lab. That's not the point. <laughs> so, Stoltz calls it in, and then he's like, oh, Jimmy Woo, we have a lead on uh, Pim and Van Dyne, and we think Scott Lang's out. So Scott has to rush back home to make sure that the FBI doesn't catch him. Yeah, because Luis told him that he told... Uh, what's it called? He told him, they're going to be on your way right now. And he's like, oh, shit, I got to get there. You know, I got to get back home. Yeah, he takes the suit. He take, you know, he feels really bad, though, because, you know, Hank and Hope, like, you know, he was trying to help them, and he felt he just really felt bad about it. He failed. It. What do you mean? He failed? Bottom line, he failed. 
He failed his Every what? time he's trying to help them, he fucks it up. No. Civil war. He was on house arrest. What hey, do you that's mean? Not, that, hey, hey, he's a threat. Listen, if if Wasp was there, she, she, you know, he wouldn't have gotten arrested. Oh, is that what is that what she thinks? That's what she said. I know. Is that truly? No. She's just mad she wasn't invited. She's mad she's not a real Avenger. Wow. I know. I'm I'm being way too hard. They were <laughs> in the comics. They were one of the original Avengers. Yes, I know. They were both original Avengers. Well, not Scott. Uh, Janet and Hank were. Technic, if you want to go like that. Yeah. yeah. No, technically, Hope isn't. Technically, Hope is not. And Scott's not. Scott's second generation Ant Man. Right, right, right. You know, say I'm just saying. You know, maybe she's a little mad. Maybe. Oh, hey, I wasn't invited. And you know, I do think she's a little mad that she wasn't invited. <laughs> you know, Cap needed help. Cap, you think you're some big hot shot now? Well, I mean, yeah, look, she repays the line. You know, down the line. Yeah, <laughs> down the line. You no, know? so they shrink down the lab. They're about to leave, and boom, the FBI has the entire building surrounded. Literally all surrounded. All surrounded. Stoltz puts the cuffs on, takes the lab, and, and Ghost, like you said, boom, takes the lab and runs. Yeah. So now they don't have no, they don't have a lab. They're in, they're in jail basically, and basically, and Scott breaks them out of jail and repays the favor. I, you know what? That's just like that moment back when. Oh my God, was it in Ant Man One where it Hank was, broke Scott out of jail? Yep. Yeah, it was. So. There's a nice little parallel there with Scott doing the good deed for them. Yes. And Hank, and by the way, by the way, the MCU needs to get better with disguises. Because a jacket, a hat, and a pair of sunglasses is not a disguise. Uh, what would you want him to do? Hank. He's got to shave his face off. I don't know what to Hank, tell you. That's clearly Hank Pym. Anybody with two eyeballs knows that's Hank Pym. It's like when Civil War, when Natasha and Steve are walking around that freaking mall. Not really. You're telling me nobody can see see that Steve Rogers? Yeah. Because he's wearing a pair of glasses. He's not super. Glasses, a hat, and a... Yeah. I mean, it's suspicious. It's suspicious. I mean, like, you know, when people are like, that's suspicious, that's weird. Like, yeah, it is. I mean, listen, the only part that I liked out of that movie was the part where they were making out. You know, that was my favorite part. You just had to go there. I had to go there because it was, like, the best scene. You know, know Chris Evans was like, oh, yeah, 100%. Probably. But, as, as any man probably As would. any man would. Yeah, so. And funny enough, after that, we're kind of already headed to the third act. The lab is gone. They're out of jail. And the whole plan's basically, you know what? We're going to take down these motherfuckers. <laughs> we're taking these motherfuckers down. We're taking these MFers down. So they gather the gang. They get Louise. They got their boy Dave. They got Kurt. And they say, we're going to do this. And she now... Ava's trying to open it up. She's trying to open the quantum realm. And I think, I, I, I'm the, guessing the whole gist of it is that she's trying to do exactly what they do for her in the post credit scene. The she's whole, like, like trying to heal herself using the quantum realm. She was using it to, to she was going to use like uh, Janet's energy, like I guess energy force. Or she was going to use her basically, but she was going to. She gonna, was going to use the quantum realm, yeah. but using the quantum realm kills Janet who's stuck inside. Yeah, something like that. I think they were supposed to use her power specifically. I'm not sure like. Because she was stuck there, but the problem that I have with you know I'll, I'll talk about no, it. No, no, no. I'll say it now. The problem that I have is like in the end credit scene where we discussed uh, discussed before, like how like when they get snapped and stuff like that. Scott's stuck in the quantum realm. Like, did Ava? Did Ava snap? 
and like because she needed the healing particles to like not phase anymore and to, and to basically heal her body. Well, we don't know, we don't know if Ava got snapped. You would hope she got snapped because otherwise she probably died. She would have probably died. That's what I'm saying. So like, yeah, that's uh, a freaking good question, actually. You know, did she snap? And are we going to find this out in the third installment of Ant Man? I I imagine she'd have to be back in it. There's just quantum mania. She's a quantum realm character, pretty much. I would say she would be. I feel like in the next move in the in the Ant Man in the third Ant Man movie, I feel like you're gonna have like a a mini Avengers like how you did with Thor uh, Thor three, where you have like maybe like four or five people. Like you know, how you had in Thor three, you had Val- the Avengers. The revenge. You had Valkyrie. You had uh, Thor, Hulk, and Loki, and like I guess Heimdall. So you think? So you think they're gonna assemble their own version of the Avengers? As- assemble a version of, of the Avengers, but Ant Man, the Ant Man. So way. it would be what Ant Man, Janet, Hank, Hope, uh, the, Ghost. Uh, yeah, and then maybe a couple other characters we haven't met. Yeah, possibly. You know, Louise, <laughs> Cassie. I mean, if Cassie's older now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, because what, Cassie's aged up five years, even though with the actress it's like ten? <laughs> imagine, imagine father and daughter fighting side by side. Yeah, no, well, I mean, we could get that. Hank right. and Hope and Scott and Cassie. Mm-hmm. We could get it twice. I think so. You know, I mean, that'd be pretty. See, Ant-Man 3 kind of has no limits as to what it can do. I actually think that it's a type of movie where, I'm not look, it's not Endgame level. It's not No Way Home level. It's not Multiverse and Madness level. But it's an interesting film because of the concept that they're using as the t- title. It's the quantum mania. And we all know the character that is supposed to be in it. Talking about our boy Kang. Yeah. So if Kang is going to be the villain of Ant-Man 3, and we already know that Kang is pretty much everywhere. I mean, don't be shocked if he's in Multiverse of Madness. Don't be shocked. You know, I mean, obviously we saw him in Loki. Right. I think Ant-Man 3 has a lot of potential to, like, break the MCU even further than what Multiverse of Madness does. Yeah. Before we get back to Ant-Man and the Wasp, um, do you think, because I saw, like, a, a picture of, like, Ant-Man's helmet basically, like, cracked as if, like, somebody, like, almost destroyed the helmet. Do you think there's a possibility that they actually kill uh, Scott Lang? Scott Lang? No shot. You don't think? Z- zero shot. Paul Rudd? You're going to kill Scott Lang? No, I don't think it so. It would be a Hank. mad fucking twist. Hank, if anything. Hank, if anything. Okay. Hank, that's, if anything. That's fair. He's the original Ant-Man. Uh, he's older, number one. I don't know how many more of these movies Michael Douglas is going to be involved in. Fair. And you know what? Scott, I think Scott's the type of character that is going to be around for a while. You know, even if Cassie takes up the mantle and is, like, working alongside him. Mm-hmm. You know, like a, father, a father-daughter a father team. Like, like you said, we haven't really seen before. It would be pretty interesting. Yeah. Okay. No, I, Hank Pym, if anything, I think. Okay. Yeah. All right. So back to the movie. We got our final battle. And it starts out with Luis, <laughs> Luis and them uh, joining the team. And it's pretty odd because this is, the, like Hank said, this is the, now the second time that they've gone to them for help. Yeah. It's like, you know, I'm so honored that you came to us for help. I mean, it's unbelievable. <laughs> you know, this is the second time, you know, that, that we're, we're saving you now. So, basic just because I got to be honest with you, I cannot recall the exact. It's it's a very confi- it's a pretty it's a pretty it's like three different segments. You got number one, you got the battle inside the actual lab where the quantum realm is being opened. Yeah. Okay. Number two, you got the car chase that Birch's men have with Hope and Scott, which leads to Scott turning into Giant Man to track down the lab from Sunny. Yeah. And then him fainting and passing out in the uh 
in the in the suit in, in the in water. The, in the water. Yeah. You know. I mean, the best part about all those scenes, I like uh, Luis and how he is. He's in like that fast car. He has like the tray of cars yeah. that he could pick, and he picks this like really super cool car. He's like, oh, and then he goes tiny, and he goes big, and it's like a crazy. No, they crazy... Use, they use the the shrink and and changing of the they sizes. They use it really well. They really do actually, and I thought that that made this final battle. Look, this was never a final battle where I felt anybody was in any danger of dying. Not at all. No. The only person I thought maybe at any point in this movie could be the one that dies would be Ghost. Because she was literally dying already. It could have been. Yeah. But, and this actually kind of brings me to like my one real, I guess you could say my one issue with the movie. Mm-hmm. This movie is so different from Infinity War. Coming right after it, it's two completely different things. Because Infinity War, the stakes had never been higher. And here, the stakes have never felt lower. I never felt like anyone was at any real risk in this movie. Oh. Hank, Scott, and none of the main characters. And they had the chance to make it so with having to make a choice between like Janet in the quantum realm and Ghost right here. Right. And it kind of felt like they said, you know what? Let's just not make this that kind of movie where somebody has to die. We're just going to let them both live. Well, I think like we said before how like, Infinity War basically already did that. And once that movie came out, people weren't looking for another movie to be upset about, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's just the number one complaint you can lodge against Marvel movies, the vast majority of them, is that it feels like there isn't real stakes sometimes. You know, I mean, let's be honest. How many permanent top tier deaths are there in this universe that don't happen in an Avengers film? Mm. Very few. There's very few, yeah. Very few. You know, Yondu. Guardians 2, if you want to count Coulson, even though they end up bringing him back, just not in the universe, you could say. You know, it's like there's very few, like, real deaths like that where it's like that life or death sacrifice choice that is not in an Avengers movie. And that's the structure, and that's how they make it work, and it's worked for them, and I've loved it. But it's a pattern I've noticed. And Ant-Man 2 here kind of falls into that pattern of, like, you know, we're going to go for the joke over the let's just say, more emotionally resonant moment. Right. You know? And that I, the reason it bothers me is because, you know, I want every character to be able to have that chance to, like, develop, grow, you know, and do that. And I feel like for Hank and Hope here, there was just a real opportunity for that choice to be the conflict that they deal with. Right. You know? And that was the conflict they were dealing with the entire movie, and then Janet comes out of the quantum realm with Hank, and just starts healing Ghost immediately. And to me, it's like, well, you know, it's not Marvel style to make a life or death choice between two people like that. Yeah. But I felt like there was an opportunity there. No, I, I understand where you're coming from with it. It's It could feel like that for some people. I mean, listen, that's just how they did it. It's just the way how, the way I see it, it's just how Infinity War, you're coming off of this big, big movie where a lot of people just fucking died yeah well half of the cast was dead yeah Yeah. i know so i just don't i just don't think it was the time to kill anybody else off at that moment you know but the end of the movie here is actually it is a very nice ending and so we get the truth serum used against birch uzman and and all the men Mm -hmm. dave and kurt oh yeah we just found these guys and then like i've committed many many crimes (laughs) (laughs) it is truth serum you know so i mean again you know just a fun wrap up here you know you get scott hope and cassie watching movies on a laptop in a car that both has been shrunk 
Yeah. Like, that's a funny concept. Like, I didn't even realize it at first. It, like I said before, the way that they use the shrinking technology is crazy. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Creates a drive-in movie. It's created a drive-in movie. Yeah. And there were, like, moths and shit all around. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, yeah, I mean, that's really, that's really Ant-Man too. You know, it. It, when I said at the beginning of this podcast that this is one of the more forgettable entries, it's just because there's no stakes, it felt like. It was just a nice, fun time. It's the type of movie you see it, you turn it on, you watch it, but it's not the type of movie that you're salivating to watch. Yeah, only if I would like maybe watch it, I'd be like, oh, this is a really nice family movie to watch. Yeah, no, it is a nice family. Yeah. This is a really nice family movie. Yeah. You know? And, you know, to me, this is the type of movie that, like, fits right into that range of, like, it's good, but it's nothing special. Everyone, I think most people enjoy it. Pretty much everyone I know who saw it liked it. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it, it hits that wide range. And it's exactly the type of movie Marvel makes. I mean, that general audience appealing movie. Yeah, pretty much. And that's, I mean, look, I think, I think it's like a 6.7, you know, out of 10, something like that. It's a pretty good movie, but nothing, you know, special, really. We mentioned our Stanley cameo, I think, right? Stanley cameo, we did not mention it, but it was in the final battle. Yeah, it was during the the car chase, and he he Stanley was his car got shrunk, and it basically. <laughs> what did he say? He was like, I think the 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 '60s or the '80s were fun, but now I'm paying. But now for I'm it. paying for it. You know, so it was a pretty good one. And actually, you know, fun, weird, not funny, fun, funny would imply it's funny. Weirdly enough. Uh, this was the last cameo that came out before he died. Was it? Yeah, because I... No, Venom. 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 Venom won in October. No, he was in Endgame. Yeah, I know, but, but but the last one released prior to his passing. Oh. Uh... But Venom came right after this. I forgot Venom got released after Ant-Man 2. Yeah. So, but yeah, you know, any uh, any final thoughts? Anything gnawing at you about this movie? I mean, no, I think you pretty much said it all, honestly. I mean, I enjoy the movie. It's a, it's a great movie. Some parts are forgettable, you know, with the story and stuff. Yeah, like, I'm not going to lie to you. Had I not rewatched a little bit of it earlier today, yeah, I, I feel like I wouldn't have remembered many more details about the plot. Yeah, I mostly – the thing about this movie is I mostly remember the jokes. It is it is a joke-driven movie. It's kind of like, like Guardians of the Galaxy in that respect. Yeah, so that's how I just see it. You know, the truth serum, the Luis recapping thing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you put my suit in the mail. You know, those are the things I remember from this movie. You know? yeah. not, not much of anything else. The um, the only other thing I could think of. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, <laughs> See, you don't even got it. That's pretty much <laughs> it. what I mean? It's a little forgetful. Um, oh, that's what I was going to say. Uh, yeah, for what's called. I know, like, I don't think we'll ever see him again. In any other movie, but yeah, William Hurt passed away. I wanted, yes. wanted to mention that just real quick. Yeah, no, Th- Thunderbolt Ross actor. Yeah, he passed away. I know he's not in this movie, but it is something that we thought we uh should mention. So no, that is sad. I forgot I forgot, you yeah. know, because when I got the when I saw the news, I'm like, William Hurt, I'm like, oh my god, we just saw him in a movie this past summer. Yeah, and the last movie we'll be talking about him in is basically Endgame. That's Black Widow. No, we discussed Black Widow. Oh, I mean, all right, we discussed. Yeah, we haven't discussed Endgame yet, right? No, we haven't discussed Endgame yet. That's the last time. But he's literally in Endgame for 10 seconds. Yeah, that's the last time we'll maybe we'll try to mention him. <laughs> or like a, it'll be like, we'll be talking about the funeral scene. And that's all. It'll be like, okay. What funeral scene? Oh, come on. People haven't seen Endgame yet. Come on. It's like, it's like, say, you haven't gone to see Spider Man No Way Home yet. It's been, it's 
been fucking four months, okay? It has been four months. All right. People, oh, wait, no, three months. Three months. Three months. Three All right. Months. If you haven't seen it by now, I'm sorry. It's in 4K right now. It got released on digital today. Right? Yeah. It got released on digital. Yeah. Well, yesterday. Yesterday. But, yeah, I was watching clips today of it. It's like, you better watch it already. Come on. So, but, yeah, I think that's just about do it. So, uh, next up on our list will be Captain Marvel. The Marvel. And then after that, I mean, I believe our schedule is going to be with Moon Knight. We'll still be doing these in between, but I think once Moon Knight drops in Morbius, we have that big week, March 30th and uh, April, April 1st. 1st. So those are going to be two big uh, two big reviews coming up, so keep your eyes open for that. We're now on Instagram. Yeah, we're on Instagram, uh, MN underscore Marvel Mania. Same as the tw- TikTok name. Mm-hmm. So if you want to give us a follow over there, we'd be posting kind of similar stuff to TikTok, but, you know, a little different variety because Instagram ain't the same. Yeah. Try but... to put try to put more memes up there because <laughs> that's where that's really what Instagram's about is memes. Yeah. Um, we'll also try to get, when we have the chance, since, uh, since all the Netflix TV series are now on Disney+, Plus, we'll try to get to those at some point once the uh, the rewatch is over. But I mean, and it, and it is. I mean, we don't, we don't have much left here. I mean, all we got is Endgame, Cap- Captain Marvel, Endgame, Far From Home, WandaVision, and Falcon and Winter Soldier. That's pretty much and we it. Will, and we will have caught up on the MCU. So figure five more of these episodes after this one. Yeah. And then we'll be done reviewing the MCU. And then, you know, we'll move on to something else at some point. You know, maybe the Netflix TV shows, maybe the X-Men movies. Yeah. You know, so we'll see what's going on with it. But yeah. But yeah, for all of us here at the M&N Marvel Mania Podcast, I've been Mike. I've been Nick. And we'll talk to you soon. Take care, everyone.